I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Chief around here, yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right. Long time, but let me go ahead and tell you. Shut your bitch ass up. <laughs> After the season, usually there's a time period where Michael takes some time off. The night they lost Orlando, I said, Michael, you know, I'm about to get out of here. Let me know when you want me to see you. He goes, I'll see you tomorrow. Michael had an obligation to himself, the fans, his teammates, the organization, his family, everybody. He said, if you're going to sit down and take three hours out of your day to watch me on TV, I have an obligation to give you my best. To give you my best all the time. <sighs> Look how far we've come. You're still here. This is us. These are my confessions.
love, how I need your love, yeah, it sinks in. When I taste tequila, baby, I still see a sorority t-shirt, same one you wore when we were sky high in Colorado. Let's press against the bottles. How's it going? Welcome to episode 397 of the Hoots Podcast, live and in living color here on this Thursday, January 25th, 2024. It is yours truly, the nefarious brother Adam, aka Joshi Lopez. Hope you guys are enjoying your day so far. Um, it's a busy week to say the least, and we got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to discuss here today. And guess what, folks? It's the Royal Rumble week. We are two days out, 48 hours as I'm recording this right now, uh, from the 37th, I believe, annual Royal Rumble. Uh, This show will be taking place at the Trop, Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, coming up on Saturday night. Uh, I will be covering the show live uh, for WrestlingHeadlines.com coming up on Saturday if you want to see my uh, live coverage and play-by-play skills of the Royal Rumble this year. Always Cool uh, when you get an opportunity to uh, transcribe a pay-per-view or now known as the PLEs. Um, Royal Rumble is definitely one of my personal favorite um, WWE events that take place each and every single year. And um, I'm excited. Um, You know, Saturday is going to be a very special day for me because I'll be um, celebrating my 10th year of doing uh, play-by-play articles within the wrestling media. So I'm celebrating my 10th year as a wrestling media member coming up on uh, Saturday. And there's been a lot of a lot of cool things, man, that's been going on in my life right now, professionally and personally, uh, to begin 2024. Um, I, I just really have a good feeling that this year is going to be a big uh, turning point for me in a lot of different directions in a positive light. Um as many of you guys seen and heard about on last week's show and uh, seen across uh, my Twitter page over the last couple uh, days, um, we indeed have surpassed 1 million downloads uh, for the Hoots podcast uh, in total on Anchor, formerly known, not, not formerly known, but now known as uh, Spotify for Podcasters. Uh, we reached that mark actually this past Saturday as I woke up on Saturday morning and um, to say that I'm humbled would be uh, an understatement, man. I've had my time to like really let it sit in and uh, get my emotions out of the way. Did I, I? I'm not afraid to admit that I could get emotional at times, and um, this one was more of like I I got emotional in a positive light because it was very um, rewarding and very uh, reassuring in a lot of ways. You know, you guys that watched and listened to my work over the last uh, 10, 12 years know that I'm my own harshest critic and stuff like that, and I deal with self-doubt. Uh, but to see that accomplishment come, 
it's really one of the first times in my life that I felt like I earned something, uh, especially within the professional sense. And um, it was just very reassuring. And, um, you know, um, there's just a lot of cool things man, that's been going on so far this year. You know, I've been really working on myself in a lot of ways. Uh, this big transformation project that I've been on spiritually, uh, figuratively, obviously, and uh, emotionally as well. And I feel like um, I'm being rewarded in some ways, but I also know that I'm not content with things either. And um, it's awesome, man. It, I, I can't thank each and every single one of you enough for uh, giving a shit about this show. I, I really can't. I cannot thank you enough for giving the show a chance, watching these episodes, maybe catching a live stream here on uh, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, check it out a podcast even for three or five minutes. Or any of you who ever take the journey enough to <laughs> listen to this voice for an entire episode. Um, I just want to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, um, I'm very grateful and appreciative for each and every single one of you for letting us get to this benchmark on our own accord without a big, net, big network backing it. You know, where I stand in amongst of my colleagues in the wrestling podcast world and the wrestling media world, um, I think that's up to subjectivity. I leave it up to you guys. Um, I, I'm a person that prides myself on letting my actions and letting my work speak for itself. Um, and what happened on Saturday was just very reassuring and knowing that I'm on the right path and you guys still care. So um, instead of dragging it out and making a tease about it just for episode 400 and stuff like that, um, I'm planning to let you guys know right now that um, once we do get to episode 400, it, it's not going to be the beginning of the end. Um my plan right now going forward is to get to episode 500. So with that being said, I'm going to give this another shot for another two years and um, make it 10 years of the Hoots podcast, 500 episodes. We're going to uh, continue on with the show. Um, I, I I didn't want to drag it out like I did with episode 300 and stuff like that. The people questioning whether or not this could be the end. And I, now it's just not the time for me to put an end to this. Now it's not the time to step away from this because um, I really got to trust uh, what's in my heart. I got to trust what this show continues to mean to people. And I can't just only look it through my own lens. I have to see what the show resonates. Uh, I have to see what the show means through the eyes of other people and not just for my own uh, personal validation or whatever. So, we're going to continue on here. Um, don't worry. We're not ending the show after WrestleMania this year. Um, I'm going to make the push to go to 500 episodes, and we'll see where things are once we get there. So instead of dragging it out, I want to let you guys all know on the positive that on the positive that this show will be continuing on as we head towards um, the next couple of years. And um, I just want to say again, thank you for uh, giving us – this show a chance and um, let's continue to have fun with it. Uh, what comes with it comes with it. By the way, if you know, anybody knows how to get in contact with people when it comes to like sponsorships for podcasts, uh, reach out to me. I'm not the best when it comes to like business stuff with podcasting. I, I'm, I'm a talent. I'm not a business person. <laughs> 
I have to be honest with myself. I'm not great with graphic designs and promotions and stuff like that. Uh, I'm more uh, of a talent and content creator than I am a, a promoter, <laughs> if you will. Um, so, yeah, we're going to continue on with the show. And there's a lot to discuss this week. And I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear my uh, take, if you will, or my perspective on this um, unfortunate news that came out earlier today uh, with the latest um, accusation towards Vince McMahon. And I'll get to that in a couple of seconds um, because there's a lot to break down. And there's obviously we'll make our predictions for the Rumble. Um, I. Um, I got to make a prediction for the Rumble. We'll talk a little bit about the playoffs as well for the NFL since the championship weekend. We'll, we'll do that as well. Also, at the same time, um, I got to talk about that freaking uh, sterile television wrestling show known as AEW Dynamite. My God. <laughs> I felt like I was watching wrestling with the background of a funeral going on. What the hell is going on down there in Savannah, Georgia this past Wednesday night? My God. <laughs> we'll get to that later on, but uh, as tradition, as if you guys want to follow me on uh, Twitter, you can follow me at the Hoots Podcast. Pretty simple deal. You can follow us here on YouTube and subscribe to our channel at the Hoots Podcast as well. Make sure to like this video, subscribe, uh, press the bell notification so you never miss an episode. And let me know in the comments section down below, who do you have winning the Royal Rumble uh, for the men's and women's matches this Saturday and why? Who do you want to see main event WrestleMania this year? Let me know. I'll give you a shout out if you respond as we do this live recording. Um, also, uh, you can hit me up at Instagram at Josh Lopez Music. And as always, make sure to um, check out the podcast on Spotify. What? Apple Podcasts. What? Stitcher. What? Anywhere. What? <laughs> it comes to you free charge. We don't have a Patreon. I'm not charging you anything to listen to this show. So thank you guys again for the support. And I, um, I love and appreciate each and every single one of you. Uh, with that being said, um, let's let's get into this because I know a lot of you are wondering, hey, when are you going to get to um, talk about this Vince stuff? Um, it's not something that I want to discuss. It's not something that makes me happy or giddy inside. Um, I think it's very unfortunate. Um, highly manning. To a certain extent, uh, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I think right now it's very important to have some discipline and uh, being measured with how I go about this um, topic because it's, it's a sensitive issue and it's something that really irks me in just in life in general when it comes to uh, the mistreatment of women. Um, it's something that I really don't have a tolerance for. And something that really pisses me off. Um, I'm not saying one particular issue is on a higher level than another. Like, I don't, I don't put racism over domestic violence or sex trafficking or any other issue you want to bring up. I don't put it one over the other or cancer or whatever, you know. Um, they're all equal, equally the same. But uh, for me personally, um, what I saw today... In regards to Vince McMahon, um, John Laurinaitis, um, unfortunately Brock Lesnar is now a part of this situation. I'm going to read a little bit of this article that uh, Fightful.com uh, put out. Um, 
where they're going over this uh, lawsuit that was sent via the Wall Street Journal. Um, my regards and sympathy goes out to the victim in this situation. Um, you know, we've been going at this ad nauseum over these allegations with Vince McMahon over the last two to three years. Um, my buddy Robert Reyes reached out to me uh, about it about a couple hours ago, and I'm like, I'm not – I'm not necessarily surprised. Um, I didn't think this would be the end of the accusations. uh, You know what I mean? The allegations towards Vince. And maybe there's even worse stuff that we don't even know that hasn't been brought up yet. And everything's on the table. You know, we got to be honest with the situation. This is the shitty thing about all this, you know. I am a person that likes to keep my business to myself, and I, I know that Vince has made a lot of mistakes, but I also a person that I'm very appreciative of what he's done for the wrestling business because you wouldn't have shows like this. You wouldn't have promotions like AEW. You wouldn't have a lot of things in wrestling if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. But this is the, the crappy situation that I see myself in where we have to be honest, where okay, you did all these great things for the industry, but once again, you are being put front and center for things that bring down the reputation and the credibility that comes with professional wrestling. And one way or another, whether you liked his booking style or not, Vince McMahon as a human being and his actions have been leaked, obviously, have really poured a black eye, cast a black eye, a black cloud over the professional wrestling industry and WWE. And um, as far as TKO's concern, um, it's time to shit or get off the pot. Um, I have immense respect for what Vince McMahon has done uh, for the industry, but that doesn't mean that we have to put a blind eye to things of these type of allegations, these type of issues, and things of that nature. And um, it's just so unfortunate, man. This week started off so really good on the positive point with the optics where, you know, WWE's moving Monday Night Raw to Netflix in the beginning of January. The Rock just joined uh, TKO with the board of directors. And, you know, congratulations to Rock also now owning his own trademark of The Rock. I think that's I think that's great for the industry, but it's also great for Dwayne Johnson, and I'm very happy for him. But again... Oh, here we go. We got to hear another story about this pedophile of this uh, narcissistic cross-eyed half-wit known as Vince McMahon. Like, look, when I saw the news, when I saw the story earlier today, you know, part of me is like, do I want to add this to the clown of the week? That's low-hanging fruit. Clown of the Week is more of like a comedy segment. This is more of a personal, serious issue. I did not want to start this podcast with this topic. I really didn't. Um, you know, but I think you guys expect me to be fair with all promotions and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm a man of my word. And I call out what needs to be called out. And the head towards one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year that's kind of like a tone setter for your promotion for the calendar year, which is the Royal Rumble. And to have people talking about this again, and it always has to do everything with the releases, everything with the Wall Street Journal, everything that has to go on with this Vince McMahon outside the ring always comes out on Thursdays. And, you know, I, I'm up to here with it. 
Cut your losses. The guy is about to be 80 soon. He's not bringing anything positive to the table when it comes to your business with TKO, the optics of your fan base, and just in general, cut your losses. Have some freaking accountability here. I'm not going to come on here and say you should boycott WWE and not be a fan of their promotion anymore because of the story. I respect everybody's sensitivity to the situation. Um, I appreciate everybody's point of view on this. And it's something that should be called out. Same thing applies with John Laurinaitis. Um, again, a lot of these are allegations. There's text messages that are being shared and stuff like that. And it's just like... When you when this is this is not the first time this has happened with Vince McMahon, so it's just like we're just delaying the inedible. And again, you need to cut your losses. And I can't sit here and pontificate on what Vince McMahon's legacy is because Vince McMahon himself got in his own way, and now it's not about the fact that he is the Walt Disney in professor wrestling. It's not about the things he created and the genius he was from a marketing and business standpoint. It's all this stuff and it's self-inflicted and rightfully so you have to live with the decisions you make in life. And I have no sympathy for that, especially when it comes to the allegations that are being levied against him with this situation I'm going to read a little bit of this article so we have some context here, but I thought it would be fair for me to come in here and start the podcast with this stuff because obviously it's topical, uh, and I'm sure you guys wanted to get my perspective on it. But that's that's how I feel about this situation. But let's get into the actual uh, news aspect of this. So I want to give a shout-out to um, Jeremy Lambert from Fightful and their crew. Uh, who wrote a piece about this. I'm going to take myself off the screen so you guys can read this for yourself as well. Here, so I'm going to read this article verbatim. Uh, let's take a look at this. Um, lawsuit filed against Vince McMahon accusing him of sex trafficking, sexual assault, and emotional abuse. New allegations in a lawsuit against Vince McMahon. The Wall Street Journal reports, reports that a lawsuit has been filed against Vince McMahon, WWE, and former executive John Laurinaitis. The lawsuit accuses McMahon of sex trafficking, emotional abuse, and sexual assault. Janelle Grant, a former WWE uh, former employee at WWE's headquarters, said in the lawsuit that she was abused and sexually exploited by McMahon while he was chief executive. She alleged that McMahon lured her with promises of career advancement and then allegedly exploited her and trafficked her to other men inside the company. Grant reportedly signed a non-disclosure agreement at NDA in 2022 in which McMahon agreed to pay $3 million for her to not discuss their relationship or to disparage him. Grant's lawsuit claims McMahon stopped making payments under the 2022 deal after the initial $1 million installment. The, the suit seeks to void the agreement and unsuccessified financial damages. The lawsuit seeks a judgment that the NDA is invalid under state and federal law and co uh, compensatory and punitive damages under other laws, including Trafficking Victims Pro uh, Protection Act, the TBPA. Um, 
Statement from Janelle Grant's lawyer, Ann Callis. Today's complaint seeks to hold accountable two executives who sexually assaulted and trafficked plaintiff Janelle Grant, as well as the organization that facilitated or turned a blind eye to the abuse and it swept it under the rug, uh, said Ann Callis, attorney for Ms. Grant. She's an incredibly private and courageous person who has suffered deeply at the hands of Mr. McMahon and Mr. Laurinaitis. Ms. Grant hopes that her lawsuit will prevent other women from being victimized. The organization is well aware of Mr. McMahon's history of depraved behavior, and it's it's time that they take responsibility for the misconduct of its leadership. Um, McMahon, excuse me, the lawsuit describes in graphic detail Grant's account of her interactions with McMahon. Readers can read uh, the lawsuit, which comes with a trigger warning. I'm not going to get into the gruey details about it. Um, It's out there for anybody that wants to see it and wants to, you know, look over this whole situation. Um, Look, man, I've had it up to here with this stuff with Vince McMahon. I, I really have. It's just got to the point where it's so fucking embarrassing that it puts a blind, it puts a bad eye, um, a bad light to the profession. It puts a bad light on the industry as a whole. And, you know, here I am uh, covering the wrestling business for the industry. This is the stuff that we should not be talking about. And it's unfortunate that we are. So, to Mark Shapiro, uh, Arya Manuel, the rest of the board for TKO, and in general, you need to cut your losses. And enough's enough of this shit with Vince McMahon. And that's all I have to say about it. When we come back, let's not waste any time. Let's get into what happened this week in WWE right here on the Hoots Podcast. Be right back. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Hoots Podcast. This is episode 397 of the Hoots Podcast. By the way, if you guys want to participate on episode 400 of the Hoots Podcast, you can send me an audio shout-out. Uh, make sure to send us a MP3 file to thehootspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, that's the Hoots Podcast with an S at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget, uh, it could be as long as you want. And also, the show will be... Uh, recorded on February 15th. So Thursday, February 15th will be the day that we um, record episode 400 of the Hoots Podcast. So uh, thank you for uh, being on this ride with us. We're not slowing down anytime soon. Like I said in the beginning of the show, we'll be on the road to 500 episodes now. So that's my little gift to you guys for uh, helping us get to a million uh, downloads and stuff like that. And if you, if you haven't had a chance to tell anybody about the Hoops podcast, uh, reach out to them, share our Spotify link. Uh, I I think that would help us more out from a monetary point of view than it would on YouTube. But um, nonetheless, I just want to say again, thank you for um, helping us out and just for the support in general. It means the world to us. So 
This week at WWE, uh, we'll get to my Royal Rumble predictions towards the end of this segment. Um, but we have a lot to discuss. And first and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Logan Paul, who had uh, John Cena as a guest on his uh, Impulsive podcast. I got to watch the episode yesterday. Um, very, very good, man. Uh, there's not enough good things that I can say about John Cena. Uh, as a human being, what he's meant to the wrestling industry, and just how he carries himself in general. Like, he's one of one, man. Um, obviously, uh, I think that kind of comes with the territory when you're a Taurus. I'm sorry. I got to be biased about it. <laughs> but um, John Cena is uh, a wonderful human being, man. And, um, you know, um, if you if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, there was also a very vulnerable conversation where Logan got very vulnerable about his uh, past issues with The Rock and stuff like that. You guys should check it out. If you haven't seen John Cena on the Impulsive podcast, you should go check it out after you listen to this particular podcast. But as I'm giving out shout-outs, I want to give a big shout-out to Nick Aldis, um, the SmackDown uh, general manager or SmackDown executive <laughs> as Paul Heyman would like to refer to him. Nick Aldis is on fire right now, man. He is killing it on SmackDown. I, I could not be happier for him. Um, Nick Aldis is, um, I think, a tremendous hire for WWE. Um, I think it's been beneficial for Adam Pearce to have his own standalone show, which is Monday Night Raw. And Nick Aldis is not taking any shit from the bloodline, nor should he. Uh, it's a different presentation. Obviously, Nick is great when it comes to speaking. He has the gift of the gab. Um, I followed his work, obviously, for TNA. It, his tremendous run as the NWA World Champion uh, with the NWA and starting NWA Power. Um the, the national treasure and the real world champion. <laughs> uh, Nick Aldis has been killing it. And out of anybody that's been building up this fatal four-way match at the Royal Rumble for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship, uh, Nick Aldis has been one of the big uh, pillars when it comes to building this feud and stuff like that. Uh, do we see something where Roman Reigns tries to attack Nick Aldis on the road to WrestleMania? There's a lot to look out for, but I really I really want to take this time to give a shout-out to Nick Aldis because he deserves it. And um, Nick Aldis has been killing it so far uh, in his role on SmackDown, so I just want to give a shout-out to him. Um, congratulations to uh, Pete Dunne. Happy for him to get his name back, <laughs> aren't we all? Look, I, I'm not really like one of those wrestling fans who get uh, – get in and start throwing hissy fits over the fact that I see one wrestler with one name, then they come up to the main roster and they have a different name. I'm not really like one of those type of wrestling fans. Really, I know who they are. Uh, a name is a name in certain contexts for me. But uh, I, I know it was a big deal for them that they didn't want Pete Dunne to be called Butch anymore. But Pete got his name back. He has a tag team with Tyler Bate. And I put this out on Twitter this past Friday night. I would, me personally, I would love to see Pete Dunne uh, and Tyler Bay, uh, British Strong Style, against DIY at WrestleMania this year. How about that? How about that for a match for the tag team titles? 
I do believe Finn and Priest are losing the tag team titles after the Royal Rumble on Monday. So you could have DIY and British Strong Style. That'll be your Meltzer five-star, seven-star match of the weekend. If you do DIY against British Strong Style um, at WrestleMania in Philly. So that's my suggestion. Take it for what it is. <laughs> um, before we get to our predictions with the Royal Rumble coming up on Saturday, uh, what I want to do right now is go over two particular things. First, the CM Punk and Cody Rhodes promo that we saw this past Monday night uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana. And I got a little piece of audio here that I want to play from uh, Paul Heyman, who was on uh, the Pat McAfee show earlier today. Uh, so we'll play a little bit of that as well. But uh, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes, they hyped it up. You know, Punk wanted to have a face-to-face conversation, uh, getting into, hey, Cody, what do you want to talk about? Cody says to New Orleans, hey, what do you want to talk about? And we get taken to wrestling school on Monday, promo class 101. And as an old school wrestling fan, as a wrestling mark, as a CM Punk guy, as a guy who appreciates Cody Rhodes and his history and his family's history, I don't know what else you could have asked for when it came to that segment this past uh, Monday night. Contacts, emotion, uh, re- relatable dialogue and a purpose and anticipation, right? That segment on Monday was a home run. And yes, I am biased towards CM Punk and I don't give a fuck. But the truth of the matter is I haven't seen this much layers and build put inside into one Royal Rumble match in God knows how many years. And so many different questions and so many different uh, pontifications out there across the the field and amongst my colleagues about who should win the Royal Rumble, who should main event WrestleMania, where, how things are going to shape out with the rest of the card. So many different questions and pontifications and soliloquies and everything in between. And we bring it back to center. We bring it back to the two guys who not only are probably the betting favorites to win the Rumble match on Saturday, but also two guys who are more than willing and deserving to winning the match. You got Punk ready to, you know, finish what he started. We know the whole finish the story thing with Cody. I talked about it and broke down that whole scenario last week on the podcast. This week, though, we get the backstory. We get the purpose. We give you another layer, another reason why you should watch the Raw Rumble on Saturday. Look, the four-way match for the Universal title is going to be a barn burner. Uh, It's going to be awesome. I think that should main event the show. You got the women's rumble match. How how's that going to play with damage control, and their is their uh, subtle issues with each other? Becky Lynch, Nia Jax, Bianca Belair. Does Jay Cargill finally make her debut? Uh, 
other questions of who may or may not show up as far as the women's match is concerned. Then you've got Logan Paul and Kevin Owens, who in their own way have been building up a nice solid feud for the U.S. title. I think Logan and Kevin will have a tremendous match, and they'll probably kick off the show on Saturday, and it'll be a dope match. I have no doubt about that. Then we get back to the Rumble match for the men. Jay Uso. Is he going to find his way to get another shot at his cousin? Does Jimmy Uso cost his brother the Royal Rumble just like he cost him the tag team titles, just like he cost him the Universal Championship at SummerSlam? You got Drew McIntyre who's crying to everybody who will listen to him about how screwed over he's been over the last two to three years since the fans have been able to come back to the arenas. You got... Sami Zayn probably coming back looking to get revenge on Drew McIntyre, who tried to seriously injure him a few weeks ago. Um, you got Bobby Lashley. You got, uh, you know, there's so many different scenarios to look through what's going to happen on Saturday, the Judgment Day. I'm sure Balor and Priest are going to be in there. I'm sure Dominic is going to be in there. Hell, our truth. In maybe a couple of years ago, many people would be like, "Hey, maybe our truth is a wasted spot or wasted entry in the rumble." I highly doubt that. I think our truth more than anybody deserves to be in the rumble match this year, and he'll play an important role into what you can see going on the line with the Judgment Day as well. So be on the lookout for that as far as what our truth does during the rumble on Saturday, but. Back to Cody and Punk. We get the background. Punk talks about how when he when he was a younger guy on the main roster and Dusty was there working as a backstage writer and a producer or agent, whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> right, they're doing that. And then, um, you know, he's coming up to Punk. He's like, hey, can you watch over my kid? He just signed up with Ohio Valley Wrestling. He's going to start his wrestling career. Dusty uh, has Punk look out for Cody, kind of be a mentor in a way. And Punk is so damn good at this, man. He really is. He's so good where you could – there's no fluff. There's not an act that he's putting on. It's not this roundabout way to get to certain points. Like, you feel what he's saying. Even when he's being disrespectful – or being an asshole, or condescending, you relate to what CM Punk has to say. And for him to say that, like, you know, my dad was an electrician, your dad was a famous wrestler, I'm more of the American dream than you are. (laughs) Seems to you right there. These guys don't really have a history of beef with each other. Yes, I get it, they're in AEW. And Cody, my bad punk, got to the fight with Cody's friends with the Young Bucks and their EVPs and stuff like that. There's a lot, maybe there's underlying tension that's not talked about, nor should it. I mean, really, when it comes to seeing Punk now in WWE, AEW is really more of an afterthought at this point, to be honest with you. There's no need for him to talk about what happened in AEW because the Young Bucks are too scared to come to the WWE. Yeah, I said it. Bucks are too scared to come to the WWE. 
They're scared, obviously, of Punk. That's why they didn't do the match at AW when everybody was sitting on their hands saying, oh, if they do uh, see a Punk and FTR against the Elite, it'll be, it'll be the greatest feud of all time. You can do 12 months of programming. You can have see a Punk and Kenny Omega at All In 2024. You can have the Young Bucks against FTR in a best of seven series. I just did an impression of every other wrestling podcast out there. They told you for months, hey, CM Punk and FCR against the Elite, that's going to be a, the mega feud of all time. You're leaving so much money on the table. I know that they left money on the table. Whether they would be able to draw some money with the feud or not was never my concern at that time. But knowing how the Bucks carry themselves and just how AEW's run as a promotion – there was no way in hell that that view was A, going to happen, B, delivering the way it should have been delivered, and C, it just was never going to work. So, you don't have to sit here and be like, man, I can't wait for Punk to talk about Tony Khan. I can't wait for Punk to talk about this, what happened here in AEW and take shots at the Young Bucks. The guy signed the NDA. The Bucks are too... Pussy, uh, no, no, I would say that. that. That's a little too far. The Bucks are scared of CM Punk. They don't want to confront him. It is what it is. So, Cody brings up the pipe bomb. Cody talks about, you know, you know, I'm more CM Punk than you are. And, <laughs> and that, you know, that you get to a certain point when you're in a promo exchange with somebody and you're like, all right, enough, enough this shit like you're, you're trying to one-up me i'm trying to one-up you and then you know cody does like the passive aggressive shoulder bump as he's walking out of the ring and you see punky's pissed about it now they're like nose to nose with each other you feel the heat you related to what was being said in the promo you're anticipating what's going to come next in the rumble match and you have another reason to watch the pay-per-view on saturday that's how business is done that is how business is done. So, with that being said, that was my thoughts on the pocket Cody segment for Monday. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble. Because there's a lot of uh, pontifications out there about what should and should not happen. Uh, a lot of people are trying to speculate what the card of WrestleMania is going to be in the spoilers. People are trying to outwork each other's sources. Sean Rossap is whining and crying over people calling him out for his Sasha Banks reporting whether or not she does show up on Saturday night. We'll have to wait and see. It's not if she's going to make a big major difference in AEW just like Edge did, right? My God. But Paul Heyman was a guest on the Pat McAfee show today. I'm going to play a little bit of that conversation for you guys. And listen very carefully to what the wise man says here. It may be very similar to what you're truly trying to tell each and every single one of you each and every, each and every single week as far as the pontifications of booking and everything else in between. Let's listen to a little bit of this conversation, shall we? 
sir. Oh, oh, sir. That sounds from experience of a man that's been at the top for a very long time. Let's talk about being at the top. Royal Rumble is obviously an event that can catapult and change careers. Roman Reigns is at the top of the mountain. They're talking about building a different Mount Rushmore for this man. Rock just said that the other day on first take because of his greatness. But when you think about the Royal Rumble on Saturday night, what's at stake for some of these superstars? Why should people who maybe don't follow the wrestling world as much maybe tune in on Saturday to a electricity for three hours or so because it is the most unpredictable event of the year and i don't just mean in wwe or in sports or entertainment or sports entertainment you just don't know what's going to happen and and here's here's the the most exciting part about it we don't know what's going to happen because there's so many variables when you have potentially 30 people in the ring at the same time. Now, the likelihood of all 30 being in there by the time the 30th man or woman comes out is, 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 is small. With that many hands and feet running around the ring, things can go wrong. And as Vince McMahon used to say, huh. What can possibly go wrong on live television? So it's it's not only an unpredictable event, it's, it's an event where more conspiracy theories come out in the media by people who have knowledge of the inside tracking saying, here it is, here's your spoiler, here's what's going to happen, here's what's going to happen at WrestleMania. They're all wrong. And because everyone's trying to understand the dynamics, the plots, the storylines, the inter the interchanges of the interchanges that happen at the Royal Rumble that then propel you into the biggest show of the year, WrestleMania. It'd be like me telling you what was going to happen over the weekend in, 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 when, when you had the two hottest, youngest quarterbacks in the NFL battling against each other and we're saying, hey, and tell you what the score is going to be an hour before the game. Everybody thinks they know, but nobody truly knows, and you don't know until it's over. And that game can change your career forever and your legacy. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> tell, tell Mr. Heyman where the lies are being told. Tell, tell me where I'm telling the lies. Yo, you know who else said that before? Hold on. This guy right here. This guy right here. See ya, punk. See ya, punk. <laughs> um, look, I'm giving a little bit of a spoiler here um, about the clown of the week this week, but I had to do it, and I know he retracted his article today, but the stuff with Justin Barrasso this week and the the leaked plans for WrestleMania and Cody's not going to finish the story and co- completely a hundred percent an intentional way to get people uh, riled up and pissed off towards the Royal Rumble. And that that's really something that I'm starting to hate a little bit when it comes to WrestleMania season and stuff like this and heading into the Rumble where people are walking into the show, like already agitated and, you know, already having preconceived notions of what's going to happen in the show instead of sitting there and watching it and let the moment happen when it happens. And this is the thing. I, I get it. We're all wrestling fans. We all want to have these type of discussions about where this is going to go with the story, where things going to go with this character, what's going to happen in this match. I'm not saying to have that. That's very important dialogue to have. It's, it's great to care about what's going on. 
I don't like this need to rush out there with a hot take and act as if it's a God-given fact or something that needs to happen or else. Like, Cody Rhodes better win the Royal Rumble on Saturday or else. Or CM Punk should win the Royal Rumble or else. Guys, this stuff is subjective. And half the time, you're not even on point up of where these are going. I don't know what my, like, hit rate is when it comes to, like, my thoughts or where I think these should go with wrestling. But am I telling you, sitting here each and every week telling you that my opinion's on a higher level than yours and that I, I got my sources and I'm never wrong? I don't do that stuff. So I don't know why you guys do. And I, I am going to call out my colleagues for this because the rush to be first and the, the rush to be right with a lot of these things, yeah, you may get some clicks here and there. Are you about some genuine content or are you in it for clickbait? <laughs> I don't know, man. That That's something about this field that I never understand where it's like, Media ethics and media literacy is like it is like a uh it's something that's not uh, <laughs> it doesn't compute with the brain thresholds of wrestling content creators. We gotta have our pontifications, we gotta be right about this. See, I told you it was gonna happen, I told you it happened. Like I, I watch sometimes I watch like um live streamers, right? They'll do like live reactions to Raw and SmackDown. Whether it's the in the clutch guys, and Ross is like, "Oh, see, wait, wait, I'm gonna tell you this is gonna happen right here. It's gonna happen right there." And oh, it's over, it's over, it's over. Watch the fucking show. Let the moment happen. I'm not. How am I gonna feel about myself walking into a ple on Saturday where I know everything that's going to happen? Who's going to be the surprises? Who's going to be the final four? How's the four-way match going to end? Is The Rock going to show up? Will Stone Cold Steve Austin show up on Saturday? I don't know, nor do I care. I want to live in the moment. I have the ability to separate my wants and needs from a fantasy booking standpoint. But you guys don't for whatever reason because you need the clouts. You need the likes. You need the retweets. You need the validation for wrestling Twitter. Oh, see, uh, this guy has sources, so I'm going to follow every little thing that a guy says. And he's probably wrong half the time. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then... You are to say people will tune into the Rumble on Saturday and like, oh, this show was so freaking predictable. Golly, I wonder why, because you're pontificating every single day, 24 hours a day on social media about how the finishes and the surprise entrance and the, the dirt sheet and rumor innuendo nonsense attached to the Royal Rumble. Then you want to sit here and go after the company and say, oh, you guys are so freaking predictable. You do it to yourself. Speak of the rubble, let, let's get to my predictions for the event, shall we? It's the title of this week's episode. <laughs> All right. So we have the 2024 World Rumble taking place from Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, outside of Tampa. 
Um, we have Logan Paul against Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. I do believe Logan Paul will retain, but this will be a very fun and physical match. Um, something will happen where Kevin gets uh, cost. Maybe Logan does does something where he puts his foot on a rope and something like that, and I can see Logan retain there. But I, I'm really intrigued by this match. Uh, it's This is a different type of match that Logan has had. Uh, in his run in WWE, uh, we see them against fast guys. I, I guess the best comparison I could make here for a stylistic standpoint is the one that Logan had with Roman Reigns. But this one with Kevin Owens is going to be very good, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. And these two have a lot of animosity. I like their segment on SmackDown. I saw the little brawl that they had at the Performance Center today. Um I'm here for it, but Logan Paul will definitely retain over Kevin Owens on Saturday. That's my guess. Uh, the women's Rumble match. Who will win the 30 women's 30 women women's Royal Rumble match and go on to main event WrestleMania 40 for the women? Uh, my guess for me is either Bailey or Becky Lynch. And right now, I'm leaning more towards uh, Becky Lynch winning. Um, I just have a feeling um, Becky Lynch is going to win, but I could definitely see Bailey winning. But um, I, I believe for me, it's either Becky or Bailey that will win the Rumble match. I don't see Bianca getting it again. Um, no, it will not be Nia Jax. <laughs> she, she'll have a dominant run, and I would not be surprised she's in the fr- uh, Final Four, but I don't believe that Nia will win the Rumble. I, I don't believe that. Um, as far as the men's rumble is concerned, I'm going to go with, uh, Cody Rhodes to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, I had a conversation with my buddy Andrew Baydala over the phone the other day. And, um, I just really feel like with, given this situation with Seth Rollins, um, and his knee injury, I think that right now WWE would want something that's certain going into WrestleMania. And I know some people are iffy about Cody going back-to-back, but um, I I think if you want to put Cody in that level of a John Cena and a Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't think him going back-to-back with Roman wins is a bad thing. Um, I would love to see Punk win. I really would. I would love to see CM Punk win the Rumble match. I really would. But for me personally, I think Cody Rhodes will win the Rumble um, and that's that's just how I see it happening. But um, that's that's my best guess on that. And then the main event, the four way, I, I got Roman retaining, but Roman will retain, and Rock will confront Roman Reigns at the end of the show on Saturday. That's my guess. So I got Logan Paul, Bailey, Cody Rhodes, and Roman Reigns winning their matches at the Rumble coming up on Saturday. With that being said, I'd love to get your guys' comments. I'd love to get you guys' predictions for the Rumble coming up on Saturday. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to see CM Punk win, but I have to see it first before, like, assuming that's going to happen. Um, But let me know, who would you like to see win the Royal Rumble match coming up on Saturday? And uh, one more thing I wanted to do really quick was talking about NXT. Um, if you guys haven't seen uh, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker as a tag team, you guys are missing out, man. Those guys are very good. 
I liked what I've been seeing so far for them as a tag team. I think not only could it work on an NXT level, I think it could work on the main roster as well. So uh, shout out to Corbin and Breaker. They're, they they mesh so well with each other, it's it's not even funny. Um, and shout out to Blair Davenport. That girl, obviously, is very hot with the waterfall, but she's very good in the ring, and I'm happy that we get to see her in matches each and every single week on NXT, and I think it's a good thing. But um, on that note, that is what happened this week in WWE. Um, don't forget to follow along with my live coverage of the Royal Rumble this Saturday on WrestlingHeadlines.com. And I uh, appreciate the support each and every, from each and every single one of you. Uh, but on that note, it's time to sit back, relax, strap it down, because it's time to have some fun here, ladies and gentlemen, on the Hoots Podcast. It's time, once again, to take a trip along the journey of a segment otherwise known as What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Let's start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat. Beat, beat, your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right goddamn now. Man, what intensity. The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks, and I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. That was a song that was ringing through a lot of people's ear thresholds as they were at uh, the... <laughs> In Market Arena in Savannah, Georgia last night. My God. Oh, man. What the hell is wrong with AW? I don't know at this point, ladies and gentlemen. You guys, you know what? You hear the intro where you hear um, Jack Perry say that he's being the hottest bitch in the place and the crowd goes completely tepid and mute. I, I had that as part of the intro for a reason. Because this show is the drizzling shit. My God. I don't know what's worse. Watching the Bears attempt to play offense or watching AEW try to be a competent wrestling organization. I watch this show each and every single week trying to keep my hopes up that, hey, maybe one day they'll pick these up. Maybe they will prove me wrong on certain ideas in certain situations. But no, it's the same thing over and over and over again. 
And now we got the I, I'm very curious for Nicholas and Matthew Jackson of whether or not they're gonna continue on with this lame shtick of parroting Vince McMahon with the news being out. I don't even know if their attempts of humor is worthy enough with the situation that was going on earlier today. Clans. I, I saw them. They're doing their little orders towards Officer Bar Brady. Uh, you got knock it, knock it the fuck off. You got, it's really a cavalcade of characters and miscreants and everything in between, which comes with watching and trying to analyze, if you will, what goes on with AW at this point because it is a complete and other disaster. There was a couple things I did like last night. It wasn't completely dreadful. Um, I liked the Swerve Strickland and Jeff Hardy match. I think that's probably one of the best matches that Jeff has had since joining AW. Um, I know he had a match with Darby Allen last week on Rampage. I didn't get a chance to watch that yet. Uh, but good on, good on Jeff. I know that the Hardys have uh, expressed their displeasure with how they've been booked, I guess. Uh, if you want to say book in AW, because uh, calling Tony Khan a booker is as laughable as um, I'm, I'm going to keep that to myself. Um, <laughs> uh, but honestly, though, like I know they've expressed their frustration about where they are, where they stand with the company and stuff like that. And so it's cool for. Um, Swerve, especially for Jeff to have the match that they did. Um, I liked the Pentagon Jr. and Hangman Page match. Um, I know we had this kind of like three-way situation with Samoa Joe and um, Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland. That'd probably be a triple threat match at Revolution. And that's okay. Um, but I, it's just there. Like... You really feel like the life is sucked out of AW when MGF is not there. And I'm just being a hundred and completely a hundred percent honest with you guys. And as somebody who's transcribed a lot of these AW shows and have watched AW since the inception of the promotion, when MGF is not there, you feel it. Chris Jericho's can't save the day. Brian Danielson is not going to save the day. Putting Jay White in a faction with the fucking Acclaim is not going to save the day. Don't get me wrong, I like the Acclaim. That's not where I'm getting at with that. But how you go from main eventing a pay-per-view to being part of a faction with another trios team, it just makes no sense to me. It's almost as goofy as this whole thing with the power rankings coming back. Uh, man, they were hammering that home last night, weren't they? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we got the power rankings back. Oh, we're going to have legit contenders for the AWTNT Championship, the AWTF TBS Champion. We have the AW Continental Crown Championship. Oh man, this is good. This is really good. Put Will Washington at the test here because I, I know from watching his shows on Grassy, they had a lot of conversations about wins and losses mattering and uh, the importance of having power rankings and having that sporting field. Don't get me wrong, I thought they did a good job with the Continental Classic. I'm not going to sit here and uh, put them over and uh, kiss their ass over the 
the execution of that tournament. It was all right, but was it a G1? No. But here we are. Now we're going to have to deal with this whole power rankings thing and wins and losses mattering when it didn't work. It wasn't executed well the first time. And again, Tony Khan is running the promotion. So are we going to actually update these power rankings each and every single week? Are we going to be accurate accurate with it? Is is the power rankings going to be based on actual wins or the merit of the value of competition? There was weeks where I saw people that I was covering on dark and elevation randomly pop up in the top five just to constitute a random TV match on Dynamite or Rampage at the time. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I see this guy whoop a jabroni, like Truth Magnum, I guess, or um, Fuego del Sol, and I'm like, that constitutes a TNT title match, and it's like, We'll have to see, man. I know I know. Will Washington is really big on the wins and losses, and he has that dirt sheet mentality and stuff like that. And this will put a test on it because I, I, I don't trust Tony Khan as much as I could throw him. If, if you read between the lines, Will Washington will be in charge of the power rankings system. And I hope it works out for them. I really do. But I have my, I have my reasons for skepticism. And I need to see more. Uh, I'm not buying it because I, I just don't buy it. <laughs> what I do buy is seeing Renee Paquette on my TV screen. God, that woman's fucking hot. I just got to say it. I just got to be honest with this. She's hot. Um, I know uh, they're building up for uh, Pockets having a match with Roderick Strong at Revolution. Um, speaking of Roderick Strong, Wardlow and the Undisputed Kingdom were out. Uh, Wardlow defeated Trent Beretta. Wasn't much to talk about. Is the yeah is the Undisputed Kingdom hitting with you guys? Is it like is it like resonating with you guys at all? Like for me, it's just there. I watched the match last night, and I'm like, all right, great. Wardlow beats Trent Beretta. Woohoo! Like, it was it was completely a waste of time for me watching that match last night. And, again, you look at the, the ratings. You look at their ticket sales. You look at a lot of things across the board with AW, and it's just there. <laughs> Oh my god, on collision, we got Brian Danielson against Yuji Nagata. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, seriously. I love Nagata, but a random match on collision the night of the Royal Rumble? Good luck with that, pal. <laughs> um, we had. Uh, Tony Storm with a face-to-face segment with Dion Perrazzo on the stage. Renee Paquette was moderating the segment. Mariah May was out there with Luther. By the way, if you haven't seen Mariah May on the um, Hey W show that they do on their YouTube channel, go check it out. It was pretty funny. I got to check that out this past weekend. I thought it was tremendous. Uh, this segment, however, was just there. You know, I know they have a history with each other. Uh, Deanna pointed out that they had matching tattoos before and that she wants the real Tony Storm to come out and stop with the facade and the timeless Tony Storm stuff. 
I get where she was getting at with that, but also at the same time, I was just like, whatever. And then <laughs> that that was my thing, you know. Um, I just did not care for it at all. Um, good for her though; she wanted to be in AW. That's her, that's her prerogative. Uh, Thunder Rosa returned to action. I thought that was cool. Um, John Moxley cut the same promo that he's been cutting since he first arrived in AW in 2019. Does anybody take John Moxley seriously anymore? I feel like I'm Brother Carter here. I'm just like. I transition with the question. <laughs> does does anybody care about John Moxley at this point? Like, I, it, it's amazing to me. Like, he look he comes off with a different aura in New Japan, but when I see him on AW, I'm not buying what he's selling. <laughs> he's just there. So that that was that, and then of course, um. We had the claim against um, the Mobile Embassy. The claim retained their trios titles on, uh, against those guys. So that was what it was. Darby Allen was giving Sting a, a pep a pep talk. They want to become the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Um, let's see how that plays out with Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And then the main event was... Um, Adam Copeland against Minoru Suzuki. I watched the match. You guys know how much of a New Japan guy that I am and how much I love New Japan and how much it means to me. Um, I am really bothered by what's going on with this partnership with AEW and New Japan. Tony Khan has basically ransacked that roster for New Japan. And it's got to the point where Kevin Kelly's not doing the commentary anymore on the English side. Um, I, I want to give a shout-out to Walker, the new guy who's doing it. I think he's doing a good job. But <sighs> New Japan is not New Japan right now. And the fact that New Japan is just a feeder system for AEW, I think it's a shame, man. You saw what happened with Impact when they were doing the partnership with AW, and that went nowhere. And it's kind of similar to this situation, you know. I great Suzuki's on my TV screen with with no build up. We have a open challenge match as the main event of your flagship show. I haven't even looked at the, what the ratings were today for Dynamite because does it really matter at this point? Let, let's let's take a look at this. What they did. This week. This week's Dynamite ratings uh, down 837,000. Same ballpark that they've been for the last eight to nine months. But people are telling me, man, this is going to be a great 2024 for AEW. Right. Just like the 2,000 people that are near the building last night. Uh, what else? Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it, man. Like, I really have nothing else to say here when it comes to Dynamite and stuff like that. The show sucked. Wasn't really that into it, to be honest with you. Um, really quick, I want to pull something up really quick so I can do this extra bit impression for you guys. I know you guys uh, enjoyed that a lot. I'm sorry, guys. I Even for myself, like, I'm kind of struggling with ways to make this segment interesting because it's just... It's a cold product. Like, I, I asked the question for those who are living it in real time. Was, like, was this show 
that flat and stale with Thunder back in the day? Was it just like that? Like, I don't know, man. Dynamite is just there. It's not a good show. It's not must-see. It's not something that I have to watch. It's just there. So let's do the extra impression. Let's uh, call it a day with this segment here. Coming to live tomorrow night on TNT is another stellar edition of AEW Rampage. Here's your matches for the weekend. First, we have Christopher. Let's start this over again. Five, four, three, two, one. Coming to live tomorrow night on TNT is another stellar edition of AEW Rampage. Here are your matches. First, we have Christopher Daniels taking on Kenosha Takesha of the Don Cows family. From there, we have grudge match with Anna J against Ruby Soho. From there, we have a fatal four-way match which features Kip Sabian, Commander, the Butcher, and El Hill Del Vinkingo. And our main event pits John Moxley against Lee Moriarty. More matches to be announced for Collision and for future AEW events. Make sure to follow Tony Khan on Twitter at Tony Khan. And if you want to get all your AEW tickets right now, go to AEWTIX.com. That's AEWTIX.com. And on that note, we post a question each and every single week to everyone watching and listening at home. What the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is what the hell is wrong with AW this week. We got a little piece of stuff that we need to get to right now. Um, excuse me, before we get to our main event segment here. Uh, again, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us today. Um, Another fun episode. Uh, we are three away from episode 400. So um excited to hear you guys' audio shout-outs for the podcast. And um very appreciative for each and every single one of you. Before we get to our main events, I mean, I got a couple things that we, we're going to do here. Um, it's a little appetizer for our main event. But um, first, we're going to get into a segment that it was founded and curated by the good brother, Sam Pielpo. And I want to give a shout-out to Sam for um, helping me out with coming up with this segment. It's inspired by the Pat McAfee Show. Um, if this is your first time checking it out, this is what we like to call the Clown of the Week. I'm not Clown. 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 You're big. Clown. 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 One more time for good measure. I'm not clown, 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 clown. You're big, clown, 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 clown. All right, folks, time for the clown of the week, and I'm sorry that I have to do this to one of my contemporaries, but I think it's just due. Ladies and gentlemen, the clown of the week this week goes to Justin Barrasso of SI. What happened the other day with him? Leaking spoiler plans for the plans for WrestleMania 40 uh, was complete and utter bullshit. 
And I think that WWE is in complete right to feel upset about this situation because why would they leak something like that out to the dirt sheets? Why would they do that? I I just don't get it. With that being said, again, it's taking it stuff like this ruins the vibe of these shows because people walk in with preconceived notions because oh Meltzer said this Mike Johnson said that Sean Rossap said this uh, you know I know people have their jobs to do but if you're a person that doesn't like predictability in wrestling and you're going out of your way spending and refreshing and refreshing and refreshing your favorite wrestling website to find the spoilers for surprise entrances and who's winning the Rumble match and who's main eventing WrestleMania, you only have yourself to blame for it. So collectively, for the clown of the week this week, goes to Justin Barrasso. I do give him credit where credit's due for retracting what happened with the situation, but it still doesn't change the fact that you published it. So... Justin Barrasso, and the people that took that whole situation yesterday, hook, line, and seeker, and uh, uh, what was it? The, uh, took the bait with that. Y'all deserve to be the clan of the week. As far as my predictions for the conference championship games coming up on Sunday with the Lions and the Niners and the Chiefs and Ravens, uh, I think we are, we're in store for some couple cool games. By the way, shout out to Jason Kelsey, man. That guy's hilarious. Big fan of New Heights. I'm not the biggest Travis Kelsey fan in the world, but I am a fan of Jason Kelsey. That guy is a national treasure. Um, For me, personally, I would love to see the Ravens against the Lions in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm all about underdogs, and I've always said this before. The Ravens are my ASC favorite team. I've always been a Ravens fan since I was a kid, so I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Chiefs. Um, I I hope it's not a situation with the referees, man. I really hope. I really hope that's not the case. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Baltimore is just purely a better team overall than the Chiefs, and I think they'll get it done. Um, I don't like what I saw from the 49ers. That game was way too close with the Packers last week. And Debo Samuel is hurt. So I like riding the momentum. And the Lions will win the NFC Championship this year. And I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. So my picks for the conference championship games coming up on Sunday are the Lions and the Ravens. And the last thing we'll do with this segment here is uh, play a couple pieces of audio uh, for my buddy Chris Zaletta, make sure to throw up uh, the X for Chris on uh, Twitter, X Teen Zaletta 24X. You'll get a little bit more for Chris in a couple seconds when I do the uh, Q&A segment. But uh, Chris, you know, he wanted to be on the podcast this weekend. Um, I'm going to promise hopefully sometime after episode 400, Chris, we could try to get you back on the show. But um, I'm just really wind up with my work schedule and stuff like that. So we weren't able to make it happen. 
but I am planning to have Chris on the show. But Chris took time out of his day to send us some audio of some takes that he wanted to share with you all regarding a lot of things in wrestling. So I'm going to play those in order here. And let's hear what Chris has to say, and I'll respond accordingly. So let's play the first one here. What's going on, Oos? It's your boy, Chris. I wanted to send you something for what the hell is wrong with AEW. Let's talk about Jay White. Jay White went from being a main event guy at New Japan. Grand Slam champion. Main event at the Tokyo Dome. Main evented Madison Square Garden. And now, 10 months into his AEW tender, and he hasn't done a damn thing. Now, the latest is this Bang Bang Scissor Gang. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Whoever is Jay White's agent gave him some bad advice. And I think there's only one way to sum up Jay White's tender in AEW. Did you just soil yourself? Maybe. <laughs> it did sound a little wet, didn't it? Right at the end. <laughs> Let's have a smell, all right? That is what the hell is wrong with AEW. What's going on, Oos? All right, now this is the first one. <laughs> I will always pop for um, the uh, clips from Boston Powers. Love that movie. Uh, that's tremendous. <laughs> um, that, that was a good clip. Hey, you're not saying anything that I haven't already said here on the show, Chris. Jay White's run in AEW for me so far has been a complete and other bust. Let's play the second clip here. Ooh, so here's some of my rumble predictions. All right. Three surprises for the Women's Royal Rumble. Okay. One, Eve Torres. Two, Naomi. And three, AJ Lee. Okay. For the men's, I got two surprises. One will be Maven. The All second right. one will be X-Pac. My winners for the wow. Royal Rumble this year are Cody Rhodes okay. and Bailey. All right. Well, me and Chris are also lined up with our Rumble's predictions. I also have Bailey and Cody Rhodes win the Rumble matches. Maven sounds interesting. Um, <laughs> I know he's been making the rounds on these uh, shows like Busted Open and stuff like that. And. Um, you tell the story about him eliminating The Undertaker in the uh, 2002 Royal Rumble. Definitely a classic moment. Um, that'd be pretty cool. I, I know a lot of people have been saying X-Pac might be a surprise entrance, and that may be the case, but we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I'm all in for E. Torres. You want to talk about Waterfall? That girl is on another level when it comes to Waterfall. Um, what else? Um, AJ Lee? Possibly, I, I could totally see that. Uh, love to see my girl, uh, Lisa Marie Verone, aka Victorian. Love to see her be part of the Rumble. I think that'd be awesome. Um, that'd be one of my uh surprise picks. 
Um, least surprise entrance, if you will. Um, let's go. Let's play the third clip here. Here's the last one that Chris sent us today. And Chris, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to send these clips out. I really do appreciate it. Boots Podcast, I just wanted to share my thoughts on Okada's free agency. Ben? Yes. Okada has had some great matches with Will Ospreay, Jay White, and Kenny Omega. But I do not need to see that in 2024, 2025, 2026, and so on. It's time for Okada to really spread his wings and go to WWE. We want to see fresh matches. I want to see Okada versus Chad Gable. Okada versus Carmelo Hayes. Hell, Okada versus John Cena. Okada versus Gunther. Okada versus Seth Rollins. Okada versus Cody Rhodes one more time. Okada versus Punk. And so many more. Boots Podcast. All right. Hey man, you're you're preaching to the choir. I I want to see I want to see Okada in WWE as well. I I've seen it and done it with him when it comes to this stuff at AW. Benner done it. Don't need to see it anymore. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we got to go to one more segment of the show. Uh, want to thank Chris for saying those audio clips. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, by the way, at xcsalada24x on Twitter. Um, when we come back, we'll get to uh, one of my favorite segments that we do on the podcast each and, each and every single week. Gives me the opportunity to interact with my good brothers and good sisters out there. It's otherwise known as the Backports Q&A right here on the Hoots Podcast. Guys, we reached the summit here on episode 397 of the Who's Podcast. We got one more to go. It's called the uh, Back Porch QA session. If you want to participate in the Back Porch QA session, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. With that being said, we got uh, only questions this week for Chris. So uh, thank you, brother, for sending questions and helping us out a lot this week, brother. I appreciate it. What a boost. Here's some questions for the QA this week. Who does New Japan build around going forward? That's a great question. Your guess is good as mine. Will Ospreay is gone. Okada is gone. Tanahashi's the president now of New Japan, and he's going to be going in a different direction with certain things. So it's really up in the air. Um, I guess you could say Naito, maybe start getting Shingo, uh, getting momentum. I know they were pushing Sonata last year as the world heavyweight champion. Um, I think David Finley might get more opportunities now. Um, there's really not a lot to pick from, uh, to be honest with you. I know that, um, you have your luminaries like Tai Chi and Ishii, my guy Ishii and everybody in between, but a lot of those guys are just there now. And, um, I thought it'd be a great opportunity one these days for Ishii to become the world champion, but they just contend with him just having his matches and not giving him an opportunity at the world title, which I think is bullshit, to be honest with you. 
Um, of course, we still got to deal with the House of Torture. Tamatonga is leaving New Japan. It's just, it's going to take some time. Um, I know they'll want to build a lot more with uh, Shota Umino and Renarita. Obviously, the the new three, the Rea Three Musketeers. I think that's the uh, thing that they're going with for um, Suji, uh, Narita, and Umino. We'll see how it works. Uh, this this is definitely a rebuilding time for New Japan, and it's unfortunate to see because it's a great promotion that's being treated like a second, it's being treated as second fiddle to AEW, which is unfortunate. How Jim Harbaugh's tender go? With the Chargers, um, I have a lot of respect for Jim Harbaugh, obviously former Bears quarterback and a great coach. But we're talking about the Chargers here. They need to sell the team. And I'm just being 100% honest with that. The Chargers need to sell the team. The ownership is not helping. It doesn't matter who you bring in as a coach or a general manager or a quarterback. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is the answer for them to go to the Super Bowl. I just don't because it's the Chargers. It doesn't matter who's the coach. It's be the same Chargers all the time. Struggling against a, a bad team and trying to come back with a late fourth quarter comeback. I've been seeing this since I was a kid with Phillip Rivers. The greatest pregame show for 60 minutes is the Chargers. And that will not change just because Jim Harbaugh is there. They might do all right, Chris. Do I see them winning a Super Bowl? I do not. Thoughts on The Rock joining TKO Board of Directors? Um, I'm happy for him. I really am. Uh, I think it's a good decision for him uh, to have somebody of that magnitude in that boardroom. I think it's a really good decision. And um, it makes all sense in the world. So I think Rock... Being part of the um, TKL board of directors is a it's a really good thing. It's a good thing for the industry, and I think Rock, like a lot of people believe, could help WWE even grow in um, places that you know haven't you know markets that they haven't tapped into, or different ways business strategies that they haven't tapped into. You know, so I, I think it's only positive news with the Rock joining TKL. Um, Raw heading to Netflix. Surprised it didn't end up on the cable network? No, I didn't. I think in I think two, three years from now, cable is going to be an afterthought. I, I don't pay for cable. I pay for YouTube TV. A lot of this stuff is streaming now. Uh, I'm not I'm not buying. I'm not spending two hundred bucks a month on the internet and cable anymore. It's it's. You're not getting your quality that you want out of the amount of money that you're spending for it. So for Raw to go and get a little more bang for their buck, look at that, $5 billion for 10 years for Raw? That's a big accomplishment. It really is. So them being on Netflix, I, I have a Netflix account. Uh, I love Netflix. <laughs> um, you know, being being what I am, being single and stuff like that. And, you know, not having any kids, not in a relationship, not married or whatever. Like, I'm very grateful to have Netflix to keep my mind off of other stuff, you know. So, I, I think it's cool. I, I think it's great that Raw will be on Netflix starting in the beginning of 2025. Um, but 
You know, I, I just don't think that cable is going to be like a big factor into anything that's going on like long term when it comes to wrestling. A lot of people are just, you know, cutting the cord. They're just doing streaming stuff now. So, hey, think about this compared to where you have to pay like 150 bucks for cable compared to now you may have to pay 12 bucks a month to watch your TVs or movies that you want to watch. I mean, it's it's really not hard to figure out what to do. I cut out cable. I I, I use YouTube TV. I, I have YouTube TV. I have Netflix, and I got Peacock. That, that's 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 where I get my entertainment from these days. You know. Um, let's go to the next question. Uh, who's going to the Super Bowl? Ravens and Lions. I'm sorry to the Chiefs Nation, uh, but I I'm going with the Ravens. Um. Dotson Ava as the new NXT general manager. I think it's cool. Uh, we got to give the girls some time. I, I really like seeing Lily Regal back on the show on um, on Tuesday. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but for The Rock's daughter to be the new general manager of SmackDown at her age gives her more time to develop. I thought she handled herself very well in that Roxanne Perez live Valkyria segment. Uh, I thought that was very good. So she's doing, she's doing pretty good. I'll say that. Um, what surprises entries do you think we see in both men's and women's Rumbles matches? Well, I did mention Victoria earlier in the show. Um, I can totally see E. Torres. I think that's a great call that you had earlier. Um, you know, I think about this this being in Tampa Bay. Um, I, 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 had one, I had a feeling maybe Batista would show up just for the hell of it. But I, I don't think that'll happen. Um, I don't know, Chris. I think this one is really up in the air as far as surprises. You know, maybe AJ Lee shocks us all. That'd be awesome. Trinity, I, I think that's a given. Kind of similar situation with uh, Jay Cargill. You know, um, there's a lot of different options. I as far as the men's surprise entrance, I really don't know. I think it's gonna be more of like NXT guys, like. Carmelo Hayes, I think Braun Breaker will be in the Rumble match, you know. Um, I just don't see too many surprises in the men's Rumble match. I don't. Maybe Pat McAfee is in the Rumble match. We'll have to see. I, I just, I'm not sure at this point, to be honest with you. Um, but either way, I think the Rumble is going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see what happens when it happens. Um did you ever see this day coming of Okada not being in New Japan? Um, I did. Um, I think Okada's talents were going to get to the point where he was just so dominant that he had nothing else for him to do there. So I did see a day of him leaving New Japan. Um, final, final four in both men's and women's Rumble matches? That's a good question. Um, final four for the men will be Drew McIntyre, Gunther, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. And then for the ladies, I'm going to go with Nia, Bailey, Becky, and Jay Cargill. They'll be my picks. So Punk, Cody, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre. And you got um, Bailey, Becky, Bianca, and – oh, my bad. Bailey, Becky, Nia Jax and Jay Cargill in the final four. I, I here you want you want a prediction for me? I believe Jay Cargill will eliminate Bianca Belair for the Royal Rumble. There you go. 
That's my hot take for today. Jay Cargill will eliminate Bianca Belair for the Royal Rumble. There you go. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, we got one more question here from Chris. Here he says, um, do you see JR returning to WWE after the news on Kevin Patrick and him ha- not having a new deal at AEW? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. I don't. Um, I love JR. I don't think he wants to commit to doing weekly television like that, flying around and stuff like that from SmackDown. Um, I think it's more pertinent for them to at least try to bring Marlon Ronaldo back. That would be my suggestion. Would love to see maybe have um, Kevin Kelly maybe come to WWE. I think that'd be pretty cool, or Ian Riccoboni. But um, I think for me, I, I think that Marlon's the right guy to do it on SmackDown now, especially with Triple H in charge. Um, I think it would, it would work out for Marlon in a lot of ways. And uh, hey, I'll throw it out there. I'll throw it out there. I think your boy would do very well as the uh, play-by-play guy on SmackDown. Me and Graves, how about that? I'll throw it out to you guys. What do you, think? You, you guys think that Joshy could uh, be a good color uh, – not color commentator. You think Joshy could be a good uh, play-by-play guy on TV? I think so. I'll call a WrestleMania one day. Believe it. Who's Yeet. <laughs> Um, on that note, I want to say uh, thanks to Chris for sending us questions this week. I appreciate you, brother. As always, if you want to hit us up with the Hoots Podcast, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we're going to put a ribbon on the bow for this episode. I want to thank you all for hanging out with us. Hope you guys enjoy Royal Rumble. Uh, it's unfortunate that I had to spend almost the first half of the show talking about this Vincent Man situation, but we have to call out what it needs to call out at times, you know. Uh, so we got that out of the way. Um, I hope you, again, don't let the websites and the spoilers ruin your phone with the rumble. It may be predictable at the end of the day, but don't put yourself in a position where you're walking into the show on Saturday with preconceived notions. Watch it, enjoy it, try to have fun with it. It's a roller coaster ride. It's one of the most fun events of the year for wrestling in general, regardless of the promotion. And I am looking forward to covering that show this Saturday. You can check out my work and transcript, transcript work at uh, WrestlingHeadlines.com. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and you get your podcast from. Um, hit, make sure to subscribe to us here on YouTube as well. We're one subscriber away from 500 on YouTube, which is pretty cool. Uh, make sure to do that as well. That really would mean a lot to me personally. And um, – you know, I'm, I'm celebrating 10 years of making uh, play-by-play articles in wrestling. Uh, and it, it's been an awesome ride. I want to thank my buddy Steve Buehlhausen uh, for giving me the opportunity with Between the Worlds around this time 10 years ago. And here we are. Now we are three episodes away from episode 400. Now we go from three to two. And we're almost there, folks. The road to episode 400 continues. And guess what, folks? We're sticking around. Two more years of the Hoots podcast. This road to episode 500 starts right now. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy the rumble. I'll be here next week to recap it right here on the Hoots podcast. Yeet. Bye-bye, bitch.